Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. From Hope, BC, I'm Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy. For the past two years, leaders in the fire service have faced many challenges. John McKierney is certainly no exception as Fire Chief in Whistler, British Columbia, and the president of the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs joins me now from Whistler, BC on the podcast. Thank you, John, and uh, welcome. Thanks for doing this. Good morning, Tom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, you know, and I, I wanted, we were chatting before, uh, yeah, it's been a couple of years where, where there's been some challenges, but let's get in, we'll get into that in a bit, but let's talk about Whistler. I mean, uh, you know, you're retiring or you're retired, I, I guess, as we do this. Um, this is your second retirement, but yeah, <laughs> you've had a you've had a storied career in the fire service. Is that fair to say? I, th- I think it is. It's uh, it, it, it's been a, just a whirlwind when you think 42 years has gone by and thinking back on, you know, how many uh, fires that I've been involved with, how many incidents I've been involved with, and then to achieve the role of, of the deputy fire chief in the city and the fire chief in the city of Vancouver. Phenomenal. And and then take a break, retire. And then have the you know opportunity to you know the honor if you like to take on a smaller department like Whistler with 22 career and 60 paid on call, which was foreign to me, uh, being you know the leader of uh, of one of the fifth or sixth largest departments in Canada, uh, 850 uh, line staff to go into Whistler, and then looking at. And you know this quite well because you've you've been leading um, paid on call or volunteer firefighters in your community for for decades. <laughs> but I it was foreign to me, and to see what you know um, what they give to the community, and couple that with my role as president, well, board member of the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs, and then to be fortunate enough to be elected as the president, and understanding now uh, a national. Uh, playing field of the fire service you know this idea that you know the majority of communities in this country is served by volunteer or paid on call community members who have everything else going on in their lives as we all do but when the pager goes off um, they're the ones that are going into their community and dealing with uh, situations that are uh, most times the worst tragedy for the people that uh, it's fell upon what, what was the biggest challenge? I mean, when you came from Vancouver, uh, from that, again, you say that 850, that fourth or fifth largest fire department in Canada, to end up in a resort municipality with a different demographic, what was the first thing you noticed and, and you, you realized that this is, this is indeed different? Yeah, well, when you look at Whistler, Whistler is, you know, it's massive homes in, in a lot of areas. It very treed in. It was scary. And it's still, it is extremely scary to think in terms of if a wildfire uh, starts to encroach on there, uh, the resources that are going to require to, to work on that. And, you know, getting to know the, the community of Whistler and getting to know the how the firefighters operate and realizing that, you know, uh, in that community, there's four firefighters on duty, uh, career firefighters, 24-7. But as you and I both know, that is near, not nearly enough to deal with the situations that we, we, you know, we are called to do. And so it's those paid on call firefighters that are um, so such a treasure coming in um, and working with the career and, and you know, uh, trying to stand down the event. Uh, so what I realized for me is I had to get to know these, um, 
this branch of the fire service, if you like, the paid on calls, well, it, equally it, it, important as I needed to get to know the, the career staff, the, the 22 uh, firefighters, and then understanding what motivates the paid on call firefighters is different than the career firefighters. And trying to navigate that and respecting their time as well. I mean, as we see in the fire service, one of the one of the challenges that we're seeing with um, people coming and, and volunteering uh, as as uh, community firefighters is the amount of time that's required to meet the certifications. And so working through all that, and and fortunately, you know, we were able to with COVID, um, you know, the last two years we've had the resources to to keep all our POCs ensured that you know nobody was getting together for a lot of this because of the fear of and in, in a matter of fact in Whistler we our career staff did have a significant outbreak of COVID uh, so we relied on the POCs uh, to be there as a backup um, so it was an interesting model then too but I, I guess what I wanted to say is through much of uh the latter part of 2020 and and 2021 we paid our pocs as if they were at training even though they weren't at training because we did not dearly did not want to lose them and then as soon as it was safe to get back together and and what we did do as soon as it was safe so we did what many uh, communities were doing we split the poc training nights into pl two platoons so there was reduced numbers and, and you know, all the stuff that you did everybody did but it was quite a learning experience what, what i'm curious as to the reaction of the of the paid on calls when the former fire chief of vancouver comes to be their fire chief was was that was there some anxiety on your part there coming into that there was i think there was more anxiety maybe on the part of the career firefighters uh coming in yeah i mean they're the pocs and the career firefighters are long tenured members of the community i mean i've got pocs that have uh, uh, call firefighters that have been with us for some of them 20 years uh so i i think they they're wondering well what's what's he going to bring to this community it's a totally foreign concept uh you know to him but uh, you know fortunately they were they were easy on me and you know we were able to to not uh, talk through many things. So it was good. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still the same, regardless of whether it's career or, uh, you know, a, a suburban a rural or a, or a, uh, you know, urban area, uh, you know, the incidents are the same. As a matter of fact, I would say there's more horrific, in some manner, Whistler sees some pretty horrific uh, incident types that maybe Vancouver Park, in Vancouver, we did, don't see as many uh, because you have the highway running right through there. And because it is a playtown, you know, the, the amount of trauma accidents are huge. So the risks and vulnerabilities vary as you come from large centers, small centers across our country. Uh, and again, did you, I mean, you must have, the learning curve must have been incredible to say, well, I don't have many wildland fire risks uh, in Vancouver, but I certainly do, as you mentioned, that would be your biggest. And there's no high rises in Whistler to speak of, or I guess there's a few tall buildings. There's a few, but not, not not really. I mean, the the, the tallest building would be seven seven eight stories. It'd be the Pan Pacific, that sort of thing. So not not significant. Um, the the good thing about Whistler is the larger buildings. They all have security. They all have uh, you know their systems. Uh, the firefighters, the career firefighters, and the POCs actually many of them understand those systems. They're 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 very well versed on them, and they respond to them uh, quite uh, you know regularly. So they they know the system. So the team is well prepared. It's just uh, as we're seeing right across Canada, should a wildfire come through there, 
the amount of resources is is going to is the challenge for sure. You are sitting in the chair and retiring from the chair of the uh, Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs. You were a director. Tell us the story that uh, you know you got into the uh, uh, sort of thrown into the into the center of it all, didn't you? Yeah. Well, it, it, again, it was it's just how life is. Uh, so Chief Block, Ken Block, was the the uh, previous president, and uh, uh, Ken uh, was fortunate enough to to uh, achieve a position to go to Australia. Or New, I forget now if he's in New Zealand or Australia. I always get those mixed up. But anyway, he accepted a position there, and that left the chair empty. And uh, and so uh, you know, I guess everybody was looking at each other, the board members, and um, they all moved away, and I was still sitting. So so I guess I got it. So what what did you see different? I mean, I'm I'm interested in the you know, obviously you're walking into or joining a a well established executive committee, a well established uh, association. In terms of all of a sudden this changes with a global pandemic, what what did you see was that was that emerged or changed throughout that time? Well, I think what we've seen the last two years more than anything is how effective the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs as a representational body dealing with national uh, issue, national issues that touches all our communities. And so, you know, we've had a, a the last couple of years. We've become a trusted advisor to the uh, federal government. We've, you know, we've we changed the the governance model uh, just prior to myself becoming president. So we have the board, which is you know six elected board members, including the president, and the, but we still have the fire chiefs from the province and territories and and uh, other stakeholder groups that are the the national advisory council. So basically the part of the CFC, they, they are the board. It's just, it's the way the governance has to be separated. It is, is done this way. And, and what we found is because of things like COVID, supply chain issue, all those things, um, vaccinations for firefighters, because as you recall, they were low on the, on the list because governments always look at the fire service as public safety, not public health. And so it, you know, it's been a challenge working with government to say, look, you know, the, these firefighters right, right across this country are the ones that are going into these long-term care homes, going into these, uh, you know, uh, different places inside providing medical care. So they they need to be looked at as public health uh, responders as well. So that's been a challenge. We changed our mission statement to actually reference two areas that wasn't previously there. One is public health and safety was now the the focus because truly firefighters are embedded in health as well as in safety. And the other is emergency management because what we're seeing right across this country is, you know, there's a, there's a disconnect between the fire service where many of the chief officers and communities such as yourself are the emergency management. You are the emergency manager, you're the director. Uh, yet when you're talking government to government, when you're talking provincial government to federal government, it's a different tier. The, the, the you know, emergency management side of the house is, is really is not connecting with um, the fire service as well as it should in our view. So we've changed our strategic plan to include emergency management. Uh, so that, those are some of the changes, Tom, that we've, we've embarked on uh, since the revision and that started in 2020. There always always has been emerging issues for the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs that have been dealt with. Were those issues prior to the pandemic? Were they still engaged or slowed down, or were they uh, were they added just to the list? 
I think what the pandemic has done is it's, it's highlighted for government that they need to talk uh, to the responders across this country and the fire first responders particularly, and they don't have a mechanism because we all know fire the, the fire service is a municipal responsibility. It's a different animal than uh, say the uh, ambulance service uh, or, or the police service. You know, in, in those other two mentioned services, they don't have, they don't have volunteers protecting their communities. Uh, so, uh, you know, there, there's provincial funding that uh, police services uh, achieve. There's provincial funding that, uh, you know, ambulance services, paramedics services achieve. That's not the same in, in the fire service. So the government, you know, federal government is come to the realization that as they look at the risk across this country, and especially in the domain of uh, urban in wildfire urban interface, um, you know, and floods, you know, is, is another big one, especially in this, uh, what we've seen last year, they are, there's quite a disconnect. So we're, we're there, they're speaking to the CFC, we're, we're trying to help them understand how you know, the firefighters across the country, 100,000 POCs, 30,000 career firefighters are well suited to uh, deal with the wildfire urban interface problem. But what has to happen, there has to be a national strategy uh, identifying the, the changes in training that may be required and the changes in tools that might be required. But the reality is, as we all know, is most of our engines are well suited to, to respond. Uh, to, to meet the, these threats. Uh, and so the, the, the fire service, the structural, the, the, community, the community or the structural firefighter it's, is waking up to the fact that they are needing to really get their heads wrapped around the interface threat that is, you know, unfortunately that we're seeing too much of. It, it must be a challenge to bring a, a topic like that forward to the federal government, the interface threat, when it doesn't affect the entire country or does it? It, it seemingly it is it is now it, it, it and the significant cost where it does touch down it is it is where the government is is waking up because you know that that touches stakeholders you know insurance bureau of Canada it touches so many other uh, areas and so you know th that's what I've recognized I just got off um, you know I was just on a, a, a zoom prior to our meeting here and and it's you know talking to the codes commission and and looking at okay the next iteration of the the codes is is moving forward the 2020 to 2025 and as we just saw a couple of weeks ago they finally identified a firefighter safety objective as part of the codes iteration and and so we as the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs are, are trying to help them and industry understand what that means and, and it's going to take some time, but uh, you know, it's, I would say the CFC is in a great position right now to really um, speak on behalf of the uh, country as it relates to how to better understand the fire service across this country and how to better support them. So, From a federal government perspective and what you've seen dealing at the national level is, what's, what's the attitude toward the volunteer? Has that changed over the years? I think it has. We did the census, uh, so it allowed us to to bring data to the, to the federal government, to Public Safety Canada, to the NRC, to uh, the uh, you know provincial health authority, public health authority, not provincial, sorry, to have them understand uh, the makeup of of the responders in this country. So they do see that now. Uh, 
Um, you know, an example is the work that's being done in, on the tax credit, moving, trying to move, you know, got MPs that are that are uh, very vocal of putting bills forward to increase the tax credit uh, from, you know, from what it is currently, which was a while to get it there at 3,000, to get it to 10,000, to change the the language in the Income Tax Act to to better reflect the volunteer firefighter, which is, you know, of course, is a misnomer. I mean, there is there is communities in this country where there are uh, firefighters that strictly volunteer, but there's a, there's a mix, a range from strictly volunteer to, to paid on call. And every one of those uh, bodies need to be respected as, as a, a volunteer firefighter. And so we're working through that. If you look at, um, you know, there's a disconnect in the presumptive cancer legislation as it relates to career and paid on call firefighters between provinces. And so you've got now you've got MPs that are putting bills forward to, to get uh, equity across the provinces and, and it's getting strong uptake. Uh, I'm really buoyed by the fact that if you go back, and this is just my personal observation, if you go back to 2014, 2013, 2014 in there, 2015, there was a lot of anti-firefighter sentiment seemingly going uh, at the at the government level you know at the you know it, it, it more, probably more i witnessed it more at the city level and that that has changed there's a you know i think there's been such a, a great understanding of, of what firefighters provide in this country and so in the last five years um you know the, really the the uh, the relationship the communities have with their firefighters has, has been terrific uh, and, and we see that right across the country. Uh, the uptake, uh, it's, you know, it, it's number one is the trusted profession. Uh, it's number one is, is, you know, as far as, you know, people wanting to get into. So, you know, uh, it's, it's, it, it's really been a pleasure to operate in, in the in environments that I've been in in the last few years uh, with, with this type of genuine appreciation for firefighters. If Looking forward to the to the next board, the next president of the of the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs, what will what will take up their agenda in the in the coming years? Do you think at the national level? I think it's going to be a huge, an ongoing uh, shift in the, as it relates to the impacts of climate change, and and you know, the, the federal government is really poised with uh, trying to identify their adaptation strategy. And they're looking at stakeholders like the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs to really help them build that out. Cause it's a huge sector. I mean, you know, if we, I, I don't have the numbers, but if you, I'm sure everybody listening uh, understands the uh, resources that are out there and the cost of those resources, you know, whether you're a small uh, entity like Whistler or, or Hope, you know, those are taxpayers that are fundraising and doing whatever they can to get the fire trucks. You know, these fire trucks are, you know, going up, in, you know, the cost wise is huge. Um, the, the attracting and retaining and training the firefighters, all that sort of stuff. So it, I think the board will continue to work with the federal government. And I'm hopeful that they'll even go one step further and that what we've been trying to get in with the federal government is to get a secretariat get a, a branch of government, however it's going to be representative, but get a branch of government that is a, a strong voice for the fire service. So a national voice for the municipal fire and community fire services that are across this country. You see this down in the States. You see this with the, uh, you know, uh, the United States Fire Administration. 
a similar a similar entity um, that would be a, a, a fire a fire secretariat and and then you know built it out from there you you certainly have to look at the challenges moving forward you mentioned climate change it's now a fire department issue uh we've got things like shrinking volunteerism that's going to continue to be a challenge um what about in the area of diversity i mean that has certainly going to be another key topic it has been it is and it's going to continue would you agree i would agree and i would say you know the fire service many of many of the uh, many of us have been behind the eight ball in that compared to the other the other two agencies being you know our, our partners in police and and uh, and paramedics uh, but we're getting it uh, and the cfc has been assisting there as well by having the uh, you know uh, diversity equity and inclusion six series uh, you know training training or educational uh, workshops um, I, when I sit, you know, I, I meet with the national fire chiefs every every month, and you know, when I harken back to when I was a, a younger day as a board member, this wasn't much of a topic. Whereas today, it is it is front and center, and you know, the what was walked past back in the day, what was allowed, if you like, is no it cannot be there and should not be there. And what I hear from the leaders in the fire service, they don't tolerate it either. So, so it's, it's, it's been a, a positive shift, a necessary shift and too long, uh, you know, a long time coming for the, for our culture. We, we both know, uh, and have been obviously knowing for years that association involvement is a big part of our fire departments, uh, to other chief officers that, that may be listening. what does a national or even a provincial association bring to the to the department of any size to be involved how important is that cfc it prides itself as as not being just the an association for its its members but for all firefighters and so and you know i would i would offer that the the fire services is got to be looked at as a national resource as we shift and meet the changes that are coming at us fast and furious climate change is one of them absolutely but you know there is just such a shift in everything we do the you know the, the structures are changing everything is changing and so if communities have the wherewithal to become members of the cfc what i do see in the cfc is they're very representational we we pride ourselves on representing career paid on call volunteer firefighters so you know, I do understand there is constraints given the, the way the system is. You've got your associations that also are part of the provincial associations and, and they have their, uh, the challenges with, with um, you know, the, the cost. And then there's, of course, the CFC is, is a, a layer on top of that. So, As you move into retirement, are I safe to say you're quite happy and confident that the fire service in Canada is uh, in a good place? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you'll, one thing about firefighters, Tom, you and I both know, we just keep on doing it. So, I thank you for this today. Uh, congratulations. And, and again, thanks for your 42 years. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Tom. Take care. Thank you for joining Firefighting in Canada, the podcast. Visit firefightingincanada.com for more episodes.